Look alive, sunshine. Good morning from a rainy day here in Los Angeles. This is the first A Culture Cut. This format is designed to be shorter, uh, more uh, succinct bites of me going on a diatribe or commenting on something that's on my mind or just an opportunity for me to express how I'm feeling for you, the audience, outside of the normal format of the interview process that is typically what I do on the A Culture Shock podcast. And so for the first uh, a culture cut episode or segment i thought you know we're just a few days from christmas at the time that i'm recording this and one thing that has been on my mind lately and for a while actually is the idea of what a community is and what really motivated me most recently was i was on twitter and someone was talking about the occult community and and i don't want to pick on it i i this can apply to any community, especially online, but in the process of referencing this occult community, the uh, someone responded that it's less of a community and more of a marketplace. And that resonated with me. And it really got me thinking, what is culture and what is community to me? And so I have to think back to my early days when I was uh, maybe a senior, junior in high school. Um, I grew up in a, in a relatively small city in South Texas. And for me, who was getting into more alternative music, punk rock, metal, goth, that kind of stuff, there are very few places in my hometown that would cater to that aesthetic or musical choice. So much so that we would often have to drive two hours north to San Antonio to go to a local record store called Hogwild in order to pick up anything that was outside of uh, the mainstream radio. And the reason I bring this up is because as I reflect back, you know, 20 something years into my into my youth, I think about how earned that community was because where we grew up didn't really we were misfits in in that culture, in that community of Corpus Christi. Uh, When we found someone else who had a shared interest, we would instantly bond. The, the most famous story is that we had we met a friend named Bobby and Bobby uh, the reason the how we came to meet him and befriend him was that we were at the mall as young people are prone to do and Bobby had uh, his homemade armbands that he'd made and he'd sewn on a misfits patch and if you're familiar with the band the misfits the guitarist Doyle has this very same armband sort of aesthetic and because he had this look and and obviously knew this band that we liked, we just sort of cold call, reached out and made friends with him. And that's really what friendships and were back then when we didn't have the luxury of just hopping online and typing in an interest and then liking people and following people who also liked that or shared that same interest. It was it, there was so much more interpersonal connection that was formed. And again, I, I want to stop short of being the old man yelling at the clouds or sounding like a Luddite. Like I, I'm not against technology, but I, I do just bring this up because it was hard to find friends back then, especially if you were into something non-mainstream. And for all the positivity that the internet has done to help connect people with like interest, I do think that luxury and convenience tends to rob us of meaning. 
when we form a friend with, say, Bobby or, or any one of our friends, you know, there was only so many of us in this town. And so we really, you know, this is not to say that there wasn't drama or fighting or all the same normal things that happen when, especially when you're a young person, but we held it, it, it was valuable to us to maintain these connections and friendships, even when we really didn't, didn't like each other. And if there was ever an instance of disruption to this sort of, um, this sort of ecosystem of friendship, as it were, it was, it was very quickly squashed more often than not. If uh, a friend of mine, or if, you know, if, a, if two friends, if one friend starts dating another friend's ex-girlfriend and that would cause some disruption, it was settled. You know, the group would intervene. I remember one time specifically, a friend of mine came up to me to tell me that uh, two of our mutual friends who had been dating had broken up. And he was trying to galvanize folks to no longer be this lady's friend because she'd broken our other friend's heart. And I remember just looking at him like he had three eyes and just telling him that that's not how friendships work, that it wasn't our place to get involved, that that their relationship issues were exactly that, theirs. And that the best thing that we could do as friends was to support them both, to provide those shoulders to lean on because breakups and ending of relationships are difficult. And I'm not trying to paint it as a perfect picture. Some sometimes it worked better than others. But but what I do recognize from that time period, this sort of time period when punk rockers and goth kids and hardcore kids in this tiny town in South Texas gathered together and formed this friendship, many of which have formed bonds that have lasted decades. It keeps coming back and impressing upon me that what the reason those bonds formed and and are so strong is because they were earned. So again, this is not to rally against the internet or what the internet provides or to say in any which way or the other that um, friendships formed online aren't valid. They certainly are. And there's certainly people who will undoubtedly listen to this, this you know, short a culture cut and will say, like, we'll recognize that we form bonds, myself and them. But I also, I also recognize that while it is possible to form sincere bonds with people on the internet. It does require an extra level of work and understanding and courtesy and desire to be genuine in one's friendships, not just collect friends, I'm air quoting on an audio program, for the sake of uh, treating followers like Pokemon. You gotta just collect them all. And I think that that's one of the downsides that I've seen through the evolution of technology and internet is that we are gathering people. We, we have more quote unquote friends on our friends list than ever before, but the value of them more often than not is doesn't, doesn't have the same depth as when we may have only had five or six friends that were very sincere. So I bring all this up as it relates back to when we call things occult communities in that when we do that, we should ask ourselves how much of this community is earned. How much of this community is actually sincerely bonded through some mutual admiration, respect, uh, empathy, and interest? Or are we just a marketplace? Are we a mall, a shopping mall, a collection of folks in the same general area looking to buy our wares, oftentimes with merchants shouting at one another, trying to say that that their wares are better than the, their competitors' wares. I'm not making a judgment one way or the other, but I do think it's important to ask ourselves this. 
And if in fact this is not really a community in, in the sense that my old community back in Corpus with my punk and hardcore friends was, if this is not that and this is something more akin to a, a flea market or a marketplace, then why are we so affected when we don't always bond with every person who is in that marketplace? I think it would be asinine to think that we would uh, we would get along with every person in a shopping mall. And, and under the same token, I think that it would be silly to care about the opinions of every person in said marketplace. Which again is not to say that you might not form one. Certainly we've always heard stories about people meeting in a grocery store and falling in love. But but outside of those instances, I think it's it's imperative on us to be very clear and impeccable with our language as we relate to things because words have power and have meaning and if we as a society refer to this loose connection of folks online as a community then we are empowering it to be something that it may not frankly be and if we do want it to be a community then i think it's impending on us to put that work in like you would in real life, like you maybe do in real life, to make sure that not only are we sharing some loose interest, I mean, a cult could mean any number of different spiritual paths, which is not to say that you have to have the same paths to be friends, certainly not, but the same level of effort, concern, uh, respect needs to be implemented. It needs to be earned. If we are to have a true community, we need to be a community that supports one another, that pushes one another to be better, that allows space to improve upon oneself. That means not dogpiling on people who make mistakes or perceived mistakes, not acting in bad faith when someone uh, says something that maybe doesn't immediately align with your beliefs or interest. Because I, I can't possibly imagine that in your real life, all your friends and you share the same interest or agree on every topic or feel the same way about every occurrence. And yet I would reckon to believe that the kind of treatment that one gives to their friends in real life is far, far more uh, filled with compassion and softened than the way we treat people on the internet. Either we are a community which means that we give that same courtesy to one another or we're strangers in a marketplace just shouting and hustling and bustling and pushing our way through so that we can get our little wares and take them back to the car to go home. Neither one is necessarily right or wrong, but I do think that we just need to be honest about what we're doing and go into it with eyes wide open so that we protect one another. In the end, whether or not we treat everyone you know, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever as strangers or whether we treat them as a community, as our friends, I think it's important that we don't set anyone up to be harmed emotionally, mentally, or physically by our actions. I would like to believe that if we are a community, we will be a community filled with love and respect and space for people to be their own star, to be their own individual, to be and grow, to be the best version of themselves and grow into that with all the stumbles that that entails. So so that's it. Little 11, 12 minute diatribe here about community. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback on this. Let me know if you have your own thoughts on this. Let me know 
If you completely disagree with everything I have to say, that's fine. Let me know what you would like to see more from these cuts. I'm going to just do them sporadically. You know, back when we get into New Year, we'll be back on a Monday release schedule for the Culture Shock podcast. But these cuts will just sort of come as inspiration comes. In many ways, they're sort of like my blog uh, (laughs) with hopefully more frequency. But in that when the mood strikes me and I feel like I have something to say that has value, I shall do just that. And if there's something you would like me to touch upon, I'm open to suggestions. Once again, as always, I want to thank everyone who is listening to this. I want to thank you so much for the year worth of dedication and loyalty and listening and feedback. It means the world to me. Uh, I've often said that doing podcasts is just a it's just a passion of mine. I found that I really connected to it and it gives me an outlet that I can do almost entirely by myself. And because of my job, and the nature of film and being such a communal process, it's nice sometimes to be able to do something a little bit more solitary and a little bit more on my schedule. So that all being said, it's not truly on my own because without you all, it's it's nothing. So thank you all very much for uh, all the all the hours of listening. I very much appreciate it. And until next time, have a happy holiday in whatever way that you celebrate. And until next time, gold rings on you all.